Hello, welcome to Koopa Talks, a podcast nowadays just about anything. I'm your host, Mognite, also known as Ray, and I'm here joined by my two lovely co-hosts, first one being Andrew, Yo. and the second one being Amaro. What's up, gamers? Oh, jeez. Oh, no. You may know Amaro from our last podcast about uh, the lovely anime Orino Yamoto. I regret nothing. And then our our usual host that wasn't here to talk about Orino Yamoto, but you know he loves it. You know. I I purposely skipped that podcast because I didn't want to watch Orino again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. We're here. We're kind of chilling. A lot's going on in the world currently. Main thing being a kind of plague uh, that's affecting all of our lives. Um, mostly two of us, or one of us here, goes to school. Another one works in education. And also, another one, both two of us works in uh, food service. So it's kind of put a damper in all our plans. Mm hmm. I'm fine. I work at home. <laughs> you sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah. It's going okay. A, a little birdie told me you're supposed to have a vacation. Yeah. I mean, not anymore, but things could be worse for me. I just hope that everyone else that is less fortunate than I am True. is uh, hopefully will only go pretty well. If only mm-hmm. I could serve food at home. You know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, shouts out to all those people still working, still being the lifeblood. Yeah. Anyway, um, should we get started with uh, what we've been up to and stuff? Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to, Amaro? So, being here stuck in my room, <laughs> I've decided to get into my actual video game backlog. Because oh, I figured, no. hey, now that school and work is done for for now, I might as well, you know, you know, yeah. chip, at that, chip yeah. at that backlog before I start playing other games. So what was the first thing on this wonderful backlog? The first, <laughs> well, the main, the game I've mainly been touching at recently, especially was Kingdom Hearts Three. Finally got around um, to that. Ooh. And, I also tried to get into it. And. And... You, you ever play a game that you know you have to go through, but you still don't understand anything that's going on? Yep, I yeah. had, I had the same experience when I tried to go through with, yeah. like, with it when it came out. Been, I like such a large gap between like two and three that I just forgotten everything. Yeah, plus I only just played like one and two like what six years ago. I don't remember yeah. when I borrowed it from you. Yeah, you borrowed it from me, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, like even then, I kind of understood what was going on. I didn't really play the peripheral games except for the Roxas one. Yeah. And jumping into this one, where I heard that there was some sort of introduction that kind of summarized the whole thing, I have right. no idea what's going on, man. Right. So, but, I, but it feels all right. Okay. Like, um. Oh, go ahead. No, uh, I was gonna say because I had similar experiences than you did because. When I got it, I played maybe... How far did you get? First, how far did you get? I am finishing up Toy Story World. Okay, I got a little farther than you did. Hmm. And I dropped off at a very particular point that I've been told Uh um, is the dry point in that game. And I stopped. And then recently, um, my partner also Uh went through it. And I still could not, like, fathom why... I would go through this because I again I still understand kind of uh-huh. nothing, even after watching the infamous three-hour lecture. Oh yes, and, yeah. So I want to I I I understand the boat you're in, mm-hmm. but continue on with uh, your feelings towards it. So so far, um, it's it's a little jarring to play a game where both in its narrative and tonally nothing's really changed since the last game. Mm-hmm. So like Sora is yeah. still kind of this airheaded hero, and yeah, it's like naive, optimistic. naive, optimistic. Where and Riku is still this kind of pretty edgy boy. Yeah, and Mickey with I don't <laughs> Mickey. know Mickey's voice does not fit 
what he, the words that he's saying. Oh yeah. Wait, have you wait, have you finished the Toy Story level yet? I'm almost there. I'm at the very Oh, end. you're you're going to get some dissonance in characters versus versus <laughs> <Sorry>. content. <laughs> like initially when I heard Mickey's voice, I thought, is this bad Mickey voice acting? And I thought, "Oh no. This is just the script is not it's meant a script. for Mickey." Yeah. 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 It's, it's not the voice actors. It's just what's like, written. Uh, and uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things I have to forget about while I'm playing this game. But at the same time, I think it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's part of the joy that I'm getting out of it. Just the the immense tonal dissonance that I should have realized came out of Kingdom Hearts in general. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. I am having fun though, even though I feel like I'm mashing most of the time. <laughs> Isn't that uh, like most of the games though? Or that's how it felt like to me in two and um, Dream yeah. Distance. It's just yeah. I I thought it'd be a little different now that it's in this era, but it feels very similar, I guess. I would say it's a game of like almost spectacle. Yeah. Like more than two. Two was a game of spectacle where you press triangle yeah. to win. Where this one feels like, wow, cool things really happen <laughs> if you press triangle. Why else would you press yeah. any other button but that? <laughs> yeah, dude, right. you could be um, like on a roller coaster ride. Like I'm at the point Disney where attractions. like I'm at the point during certain comics and combat scenarios where I don't want to press triangle because it's too much, right? It takes over the combat. Yeah, and also yeah. because also because I'm playing on the harder difficulty. Uh huh. And I still feel like I'm breezing through it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. Didn't um, they release like a very hard mode though? I think yeah, they did, but I'm I think I'm doing the step below. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. But regardless, I'm having fun, and I think I'm like 12 hours in. I heard, I, I, I even looked at like how beat, and it's like 30 hours or something. Oh, that's not too bad. So it's like, oh, I, okay. The place where I stopped and I hear is the driest part of the game is probably right after Toy Story. I won't tell you what world it is, um, but it is from what I've learned and from a, a mutual friend of ours, it is dry. Yeah, you just kind of had to get through yeah, it. I'm already even feeling the bit where like, man, this feels like it should have ended 10 minutes ago. This yeah, world. but I, I hear after that it, it'll really like kickstart like the plot plot, and I hear um, it's it's pretty wild after that. Okay, well I guess I'll just hold out till then. Yeah. In all honesty, I, I I'm only going through this one first because I also bought the the recent Atelier game that I actually heard oh, is pretty good. Boy, and I want to get there pretty that. soon. <laughs> that one's like Dark Alchemist, right? Or the... No, the Riza Dark Alchemist. Reza, I think okay. was like the trilogy they did, wasn't it? Yeah, because that's with the Sophie yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, okay, I got some RPGs to kill some time now that I'm here at home. Cool. Oops, not bad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, also, yeah. also seasonal anime. That's still a thing that's going on consistently. It is. Yeah, yeah. Anna, anime you, still rolling. You like anime? I like anime. <laughs> oh no! Kingdom Hearts is an anime game. Yeah. <laughs> Viram Rex. Oh. <laughs> God, I was so confused. When, I was so confused when I entered the Kingdom Hearts world. And the first thing they showed me was not not Toy Story. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, you love anime. Sora's into anime. <laughs> oh, but yeah, seasonal anime. Yeah. And there's two particular shows I want to talk about just because this is my thing now, I guess. Okay. Yeah, to watch, to watch the idol niche. shows of the season. You're the anime segment. I'm the anime segment, and the two anime I want to talk to are both focused on idols. Okay. Both in very different ways. All right, go for it. So the first one is 22-7. The, uh-huh. the anime for the virtual idol group that we all know is uh, also includes Sally Amaki. Oh, our, I know our, her. Our oh. favorite Twitter English-speaking uh, yeah. idol. Of Twitter fame. So I figure, you know what, I'll watch this. It's A1 Pictures, so at least it'll right. look decent. A1 does good stuff. You love A1. A1 draws good stuff. Yeah, and it's freaking bizarre. Okay. Because the reason why they got together as an idol group, the reason they do certain events, and the reason they do the things that they do, all is about... I don't know if there's magic involved. Oh, that's my favorite sentence. Probably probably magic. Because the reason why they do all this stuff is because a wall is telling them to do it. Oh. So, 
Okay. So, like, an entire entertainment production company is started by the fact that they discover this wall that occasionally just spits out, like, notes, and that they have to follow the notes. And this notes, the, the notes included starting an idol group for some reason. Huh. Yeah. This sounds like a cult. I mean, I don't know. Idol fans are basically cultists if you really think about it. I mean, you're oh boy. True. <laughs> Ooh, Dude, like uh, Andrew and I was like looking up old, old idol songs and like yeah. the content. And there's yeah. there's a whole there's a deep... yeah yeah you wrote your bachelor's thesis on it, didn't you? <laughs> I wrote about Hatsune Miku virtual idol, and in order to do that, I needed to learn about idol idols. That's true. See, that's fun. I only got to write about the Fukushima disaster from my bachelor's thesis. <laughs> the thing is, though, it's weird to watch something like this grow into this multimedia project because right. know, it's, it starts as a virtual idol group, whatever. You mm-hmm. have these 3D models in their music videos, all voiced by real people who are, I guess, also the idols. And, yeah. now, they're build- and now they're building into the anime, which is like, uh, it's, v- how do I say this? I feel like they're going for something like this just because the market's already been saturated by like Love Live, Idol Master, and all those other like anime idol stuff. Yeah. And I think it's working. <laughs> okay. Like I'm actually enjoying okay. myself, even though the season's mostly been like each episode is dedicated to a girl and their backstories, mm-hmm. which are surprisingly dark for some reason. Oh. Uh, okay. If you're obeying a wall, you know, there's probably <laughs> something going on in their life. Yeah. Oh boy. Third people die. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't know about them. Oh, and it's like, okay. <laughs> the, uh, All right, I'm watching uh, one of their their songs right now, and it's like 3D models. Yeah, the 3D modeling doesn't look great, or at least not to me. But maybe it's something you get used to, like how some people had to get used to Love Live. Okay, I have a question about sure. about these shows. Sure. Right. So, so 22 seven. Yeah. Has uh, our pride and joy, uh, <laughs> right? She's in it, right? Yeah. She voices the the character, correct? Yes. So is this just the reverse of? For forgive me if I have these facts incorrect. Uh huh. Um, with Love Live, the girls are voiced by these people, and then when they do the live tour stuff, it's the same people, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so this is just like you're just starting at a different end of the. Of the media spectrum, um, maybe not exactly a different end because remember this still is only focused as a virtual idol thing. Yeah, right. Ver- versus like Wake Up Girls, which started out as an idol group, then became the anime. Okay. Okay. So, so it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, ah. And, and it floats there very awkwardly. Okay, I don't quite understand, but I'm going to affirm that I I have listened to you. Yeah, <laughs> let it be known. In yeah, this recording. Like I, like I actually would recommend this to people, not for the idol aspect, but it's actually a decent like character drama. So it's decently written, like is what yes. you're saying. Okay. Yes. Okay. Though it can be over the top of, at some points. Okay. Like the, they haven't explained the wall, and I don't think they will. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm perfectly okay with, like, mystical things just not having answers. Uh-huh. Because the answers end up being disappointing in the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why they, they've they already confirmed there to be a second season, and I look forward to that. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. The calendar. Amazing. Oh. They, uh-huh. they, these character designs are pretty all right. Yeah, they're all right. They, they kind of remind me a bit from, like, uh, how do I say? Mm, actually, no, I guess it is just like pure A1. I guess it depends on where you're, like, you're looking at. The album covers are slightly different, but some of the more promotional art for the anime looks more A1. Okay, because these flat renders look pretty look pretty good. It looks like A1. Yeah, yeah. it looks like A1. Yeah. All right, I need to see a video. Yep, the best one is J, anyway. by the way. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't... I, I, like, the I like the twins. Are the twins good? There's no twins. What, what am I looking at? Like... <laughs> there are, I think I know what you're oh, no, On this there cover are... art, there are two people who look exactly the same. 
That's just anime, RJ. That's just A1, dude. Oh, I no. like how in the Google search, it just says members, just Sally Amaki. And that's it. No one else. It's just her. She plays the, the blonde one with the long hair. Not according to Google search. It's just her. She does the entire show by herself. <laughs> it's great because she has moments where she speaks English and you can just hear the versus the character voice. It's great. Oh, man. That's that's good stuff. All right, cool. All right, all right. Now the other show that I'm watching, which oh, I'm also got... enjoying, but more in a sadistic oh, way. It's the oh, what's the English title? It's like the if my favorite idol went to the Budokan, I could just I, die. I, yeah, if my favorite <sighs> idol made it to Bo, uh, Budokan, I would die. Yeah. Yeah. I have leaned back in my chair <laughs> and gave a heavy sigh. So there are two reasons why I'm watching the show. All right. One, it's Yuri. So I'm like, okay, cool. Of course, sure. Yes, our big Yuri fanatic in our... Yeah, it's the Yuri corner. Second, the show makes me feel very uncomfortable. Okay, I can... Because I can't tell if it's making a commentary on like the obsessive nature of idol fans. Or if it's trying to make it worse. Ah, okay, okay. Is it like satirical in the way like it is i don't that's narrative or like i feel like it is and it isn't it's like Like, it kind of like presents it and then lets the audience lets an audience figure it out i i guess but like here's a specific example there is an episode where one of the one of the idols in the in their uh hold on drop something in their fictional idol group gets caught by another fan like with another boy okay all and right make, and one of the three main characters you know that's his favorite idol yeah and okay. they make a whole deal big deal about how he's crushed by that fact even though it turns out oh it's because his little sister looks like his favorite idol so someone mistaken his sister for for the idol while she was hanging out with her Oh, like that's just that's just the joke for the whole scenario. But you can't help but feel uncomfortable by how much that actually happens in I in real life and how much right right to bad scenarios right right. Oh, but but there's some parts about it where you feel like man, this is poking fun at itself Uh and idols in general, but not in a way that you know we're not trying to make. This whole idea of idols and idol fandom look bad, but you know, come on. Yeah, but it's like there's, there's the clear kind of thing. It's like Ori emo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess it's incest. It's it's love between two. I don't want to. No, no okay, let's stop. All right, <laughs> let's not go that far. But, but it also okay. it also does have its moments. Like sometimes they look into the backgrounds of their idols and see like how much work they have to put to compete against each other like let's say during like popularity contests mm-hmm. and how much they want to support each other on that even though they know that you know hey if i want to be the center i gotta gotta yeah, do I some gotta like... tactics yeah but uh, yeah, you're ahead. enjoying yourself i'm enjoying yeah. myself because okay. you know what? it fun. has its moments also the eerie kind of dampens down on the creepiness Oh. Well, one quick thing uh, I'm reading this interview in my anime list that oh. compares it to Don Quixote is, okay alright hold on hold, all right. All right, I'll, re- I'll read the first line in the same way that Don Quixote allows us to envision a sick man attacking a woodmill uh, this anime uh, Budokan uh, allows us to watch a sick woman throw herself against the rocks of a celebrity a rocks of celebrity. Okay. okay, yes, yes. You you bring up a good point because that's well, another yeah. part that I'm interested about. The, the the character of Focus, Eddie Piosan, literally gets multiple jobs, spends all her money on merch, um, pretty much says that she would support her, her favorite, Mina, in the group, all the way to the very end. Mm-hmm. But you never figure out why she is this way. Why she's either so obsessive or what her life was before she discovered this idol group. So yeah. I'm really hoping by the end they really go into details like what in her life led her to go down this path. Now that's interesting. Okay. I can be kind of on board if only for like that part. 
Also, I understand. Yeah. Keep also, Sorry. one of her jobs is flipping bread. Huh. Interesting. Me- meaning Please bread goes bread? down the conveyor belt. If it's upside down, she flips it, and that's oh. it. Oh. Like a kind of like medial task thing. Medial Beautiful. task. She takes a job, you know, directing traffic, working at a convenience store, all just to support her favorite idol. You know, I, I, if if it was a different medium, I would kind of <laughs> classify this as like a horror film. Oh yeah, of like watching someone slave over this like this object that is technically impermanent, mm-hmm. and right. they would never be able to touch. But they dedicate their entire life to this fleeting moment. Right. and But she has her moments because there's a scene where she hops on the train and her favorite idol's in the same cart. They look at each other and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Here, I'll, I'll just go to the next cart over. Because <laughs> she doesn't want to bother her outside of her job as an idol. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Really all right. I might give it a shot. Highly recommend, but you might feel very uncomfortable for the first couple episodes, and then you just get used to it. Tell me how it is when you finish it, and now we'll maybe take a look. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you if she dies, because there are oh, multiple no. times where she overdoes it, and she almost dies. See, that's the part. Because <laughs> it reminds me almost like, uh, not unlike um, Perfect Blue, um, oh, where yeah. this obsessive nature of these of of these like pop idols yep. and these fans and the the line that crosses too far. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't turn out to be perfect. What if it does turn out like perfect? Well, I'm very interested. No. <laughs> Just think of this as a very wholesome and mostly gay per- perfect blue. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't know that ending though. Oh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Last thing on your list. Uh, gotcha suffering update. Okay, so I'll make this brief because I'm. It's it's gotcha games, and I'm playing Ooh, gotcha games, and I'm playing two right now. The one being my most. Uh, played, of course, being just Bandori. There's been a recent update, so I've been digging up at that. <laughs> oh, boy. But also, here in the West, they finally released another Love Live gacha game. <laughs> another one? This time oh, with it's... full 3D models while you play the rhythm game part. Oh, boy, and... I'm going to tell Elise about I... this. <laughs> I need to turn those off. And... Andrew, you've briefly seen what the other the other Love Live games like, right? I... I have. My partner was into it. It's, you know, the rhythm game part. You're just tapping circles. Yes. yes tapping circles. I go from top to bottom screen. Yeah, and then getting currency to hopefully use in Gotcha and get your favorite girl. Yep. Familiar. This one has RPG mechanics. Hold on. Okay, so I'm always thrown off when people say, this is RPG mechanics. What uh-huh. do you mean? What mechanics? Define, please. Stamina. And by, what I mean by stamina is... All right, you 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 form your your team of idols. You get nine. Okay. They each, of course, have certain stats, being whether it's their performance, whether it's visual or things like that. But the part that's really weird compared to the previous game mm-hmm. is that the amount of taps you do on the rhythm part take brings down your stamina bar. Okay. So if you're pl- so accumulatively with your nine members, you have a certain amount of stamina that you have on average. Right. Mm-hmm. And then certain songs have like also like an average stamina use. Yes. Okay. So as you're playing the game, your stamina bar is going down per note, whether or not you're hitting the note correctly or if you're getting it right. wrong. Okay. So let's say you start off with a very basic rudimentary team. Mm-hmm. You can't play the hard versions of songs because by the time you get to like the chorus, your stamina is yeah, already it's down. Like, yeah, you'll, you're like, yeah, your health is down. So you're not getting any points at all. You can still play through the whole song, but you're not getting anything. So uh, like, you, so like, you have to build up your, you have to level up your your team. You have to give them the upgrades that they need, so that then you build up the stamina to be able to play those songs. Yeah, it's like, very weird. It beats it all the way. Do you know why they made this change? I don't know why i think it's because it makes it extra grindy yeah, yeah that's what I it think, sounds yeah. like like for me like it sounds like it's gating the harder difficulties yeah and then it's forcing you to spend spend uh, at the end of the day these games want you to spend money right so it's, it, they want you to spend money to get better yeah. jpegs right so then you have a chance at playing the games not okay. if you could beat it but you have a chance at playing them 
like one of the things that they do do that's different is that they add a skip mechanic so let's say you do beat a song at a certain difficulty they give you skip tickets and you can use those to just you know say that you play the song and get the rewards for them anyways okay if that makes sense it's like doing auto battle and like other rpgs or gacha games Instead mm-hmm. with a rhythm game song where you just don't need to play the rhythm song after you beat it the first time. Ah, I see. So, like, <laughs> this, you just hit a button and it does it for you? Yeah, kind of. You'll get the like the medium amount of rewards out of it versus pl- actually playing it. Right, right, where you but can max it, guess, out or whatever. Yeah, but it makes it less grindy because they're very generous with how many skip tickets they give you as a daily. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. like I real I learned that's like that's a <clears throat> modern tactic to use in gotcha games. Yeah. Like even though this game isn't a gotcha, my brother plays uh the was it black something online. Uh well I really thought you were gonna say Arknight. No, it's not Arknight. Uh, black Desert? Black Desert Online. Oh yeah. god. So like that's a almost like a traditional MMORPG. Yeah. But there's like an idle mode mm. in which like uh you set it, your screen turns to black, and it's assumed that like uh, the games have been uh, auto playing for you, mm-hmm. but I think it's just increasing numbers, <laughs> uh, like as you idle. But it's yeah. like that whole thing of like uh, the game plays for you, and it's like you don't have to really do anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's so appealing to a lot of people because they they don't want to play the game anymore; they just want to do the gotcha. Right. Yeah. And that's why I kind of ended up not like falling off the first game like a lot sooner than I thought, just because. Yeah, sure. I'll play the rhythm game part. I'm not really into the songs. I kind of just want to do the gotcha. <laughs> oh, that's that's the that's the hook. That's the most lava shit on your phone, dude. Hey, I already <laughs> deleted that game years ago. Oh, boy. But I'm mostly into this one just because, hey, it's a new experience, and also they added a new group that will soon be getting an anime. So I thought, okay, <laughs> let's, let's pick a favorite before that comes out. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you, you sure are on the idle train. Is is that it for the gotcha update, or is there? Uh, no, yeah, I'm suffering. That's <laughs> I'm. I acknowledge that you're suffering. <laughs> I acknowledge that. <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> um. All right. all right, Andrew, you have been also all right. been doing some stuff. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on aboard the the anime train. I'm gonna talk about two things real quick. Oh boy. Um, first is uh, me and my partner. We we watched B Stars. Have you guys watched B Stars? Yeah, I want to watch B Stars so bad. I heard, I heard it's kind of horny. All right, tell me what you know about B Stars, and I can I can help you out here. I like the opening. Right, uh, opening's pretty good. I like the animals. Yep. And it's horny. Yep. That's all I know. Amaro. <laughs> There's a lot of horny animal shows this season, isn't there? Yep. Um, I think someone described it as it's Zootopia, <laughs> but NC-17. Not R, NC-17. Oh, boy, I haven't seen that rating. Um, it, uh, it, it, it goes there. It answers a lot of questions that you have. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm not, not going to spoil it. But um, I will kind of go generally over the things that it does that I'm that I'm quite like. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It starts out very simple, at least what I thought was simple. And I'm going to mm-hmm. use some analogies here to to not quite tell you what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, it starts as a what I thought was a pretty basic romance. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of turns into like a like it ends like a yakuza game would. Oh god! <laughs> and that's only the first season. Oh, it goes, god. it gets pretty intense. Um, not unlike the movie Zootopia, where there's like a giant like uh, conspiracy. Uh-huh. And um, the, um, the conspiracy is real, real out there, but um, it's good. Oh boy, I'm not sure about the animation. It it feels like it's 3D models with 2D backgrounds, yeah. but on occasion it'll it'll animate certain characters in 2D, which I think is very interesting. Um, every 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 character is just so well drawn, and it feels it it doesn't feel unnatural. 
it feels like it's a natural kind of progression of what would animals be like if they were just upright and that's simply what they did is they don't change a lot of how the animals look they all look relatively the same except like tigers kind of look like they slim down a bit um but I don't know what a I don't know what a beast star is. <laughs> you just keep talking about I'm gonna become the beast star, and I'm like, oh, that's great, man. What's a beast star? <laughs> uh, oh, maybe um, it'll be revealed in the second season. Yeah, it, it has to do with um, a play, I guess, um, because the whole thing takes place. Uh, most of the main characters are involved in the school drama club or the theater club, I think specifically. Mm. And we got our boy. Legoshi, who's, uh, I think he's in the art department. So he just makes uh, backgrounds and he does lighting and stuff. And you got our boy, uh, Ruiz, who is the red deer, badass, cool dude. Um, he's pretty cool. But uh, the first episode, basically, someone's murdered. Ooh. And apparently that that's pretty common for herbivores to be killed. And it like it shakes the school and stuff, and that's kind of where it starts. Um, it's pretty horny. Um, <laughs> there are more multiple instances of things happening. Um, you don't see things, but uh, things will fade to black, or it'll be a close up of a character's face in a very promiscuous mm-hmm. position, and you're like, oh. Okay. okay, it's happening as I recoil in fear. Um, <laughs> you run away from the screen. Yeah, but it's uh, it's good. Um, highly recommended. Uh, the English dub is not bad. Oh. Uh, it's passable. Um, Legoshi sounds pretty good. Um, I don't know how I feel about the main girl character, the bunny. She sounds a little a little different than mm. what I imagined. Uh, apparently, um, my girlfriend says that the Japanese voice actor is sounds very uh, flirtatious. Oh. Uh, um, I mean, she speaks Japanese. I wouldn't know. She, but she has that connotation, and I don't know if that carries into the English dub as well. Mm. Um, but apparently, in Japanese, she sounds really horny. I see. <laughs> um, but in English, she just sounds kind of like more muted i guess more like soft spoken mm-hmm. but um yeah it's good uh highly recommended Interesting. on on the tail end of horny and i was talking about this with rj earlier is i watched a bit of interspecies review okay so let me ask oh, you no go ahead well, what prompted you to watch interspecies yeah, review? is it the 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 drama about um it, or, it uh, is it is specifically uh, it is specifically that it was dropped. It is specifically the curiosity of how bad could it be that it was dropped. Uh-huh. Now, like many people, mm-hmm. I learned that the the most consistent way to watch this show is on Pornhub. Oh, <laughs> so you did. You watched it on Pornhub. I watched it on Pornhub. Really? It is there. It is. It is a. It is a good. Uh, subtitle the the person uploading it is doing it you know very religiously um so i managed to watch the first four episodes hmm. now i don't know how much you have heard about the samaro mm-hmm. um there is the thing in the show known as the 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 third episode hump yeah the third episode is particularly bad yeah um and so when i first tried watching this uh, I got to that hump, and I was eating, and I had to turn it off <laughs> because I got really uncomfortable. Um, I couldn't handle it, so I turned it off. And now, um, for the sake of the podcast, uh-huh. I picked it back up. <laughs> Luckily, oh, this time, I was not eating, uh-huh. and um, the, the hump is fine. Uh-huh. I got over it. Episode 4 is... Uh, for the sake of this show, back to normal. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, yes. So I'm basically watching this for my own, like, curiosity. favorite curiosity of, is it that bad? Okay. And I can say yes. 
It is pretty bad. But did you get to the eggs episode? I have not. Oh. Like I said, I stopped at episode four. Okay. Let me know what you think when you see the eggs. Wait, so you have you watched it? No, I've only seen clips and heard about the stuff. The only weird thing I've heard about is that all the weird stuff you're watching that got it taken off television and streaming services is not at all in the uh, source material. Okay. That they added all the same. It's the animation. Okay, because the animation's pretty like, yeah, okay, yeah, you should not put this on television. (laughs) Um, In particular, for for listeners who are wondering what's so bad about episode three, um, I will try not to be as detailed as it would be, but I will give a basic synopsis of what happens. Um, Interspecies Reviewers, as you all know, is basically a show about these these adventurers um, who get together and rate local prostitutes of whatever species they may be. Uh, That's basically what the show is. Uh, I, I, um, I know nothing about the show. and <laughs> That's what the show know. is. That's what it basically is. In, in, in as crass and as simple as I can put it. Episode 3 involves them taking a gender-bending oh, pill. Yeah. Taking our adventure at our, our, our all-male adventurers two females uh, and um, hiring local prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a slime girl that is involved mm-hmm. and I'm just going to leave it at that because it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, and that's that's basically where I kind of stopped. getting over that is um i mean if you can kind of hang with the rest with previous episodes is kind of par for the course i don't know if i'm going to keep watching Mm -hmm. it but um i heard episode 10 there's another (laughs) and maybe i might get back to it i don't know all right all right (laughs) to close on this there's a statement i'm reading in a review Uh uh-huh And you tell me if it's true or not. Okay. Isuzoku reviewers is peak culture. Right. Okay. Um, there's something that I actually want to go back upon where I think uh, Amara mentioned it when he talked about Budokan. Is it almost feels satirical at times. Mm-hmm. Like it goes way overboard with what it's doing. Oh, with like, not, not everyone can be enjoying this. Yeah, but like, I think if you're going to make an anime adaptation about this thing, you have to go all the way, right? Right. And I think I think if it didn't, some people would say it didn't do the source material justice. <laughs> but justice isn't something that people deserve to see. <laughs> like, it goes there. And I didn't need it to go there, but it did. Uh-huh. And is that pure art? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not one to say yes or no to. Um, a side note, which I actually kind of did enjoy, um, as opposed to many other anime that involve adventures, these adventures are competent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really funny because there are points in the show where they're actually just doing their jobs in fighting monsters. And it shows that they are incredibly competent in what they do. Yeah. It's just that they choose to spend time in brothels in their spare time. That's all that the show happens to be. And I think that's clever in a way and kind of refreshing that these aren't just like, you know, like a slapsticky. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was watching, uh, I was watching Giguk's review of it. Mm -hmm. And he says that one of the things that he likes is that all the details around the loot stuff and all the prostitutes actually have like interesting world building around them. They go into a lot of detail about them. They do. There is, politics involved strangely enough um i don't know it, it's kind of uh it deserves its own special corner kind of where like monster musume is right of it it it's a thing it does the loot that you want but there's stuff behind it that kind of uh is overshadowed by the lewdness that there's some clever writing in there hmm. um that it is incredibly well thought out um so yeah, mm. there's that. And um how much uh 
You, you get one uh, more. One other thing. You I get want one to more talk. show and tell token. One more. <laughs> I get one more show and tell token. Um, in games wise, uh, out of out of left field, I went through Earthbound. Earthbound. For some reason. Um, it's a good game. It's a good game. Wow. <laughs> um this kind of uh it kind of came in the left field it was it's not like something that was in my backlog it wasn't something yeah. that was like i'll get to it sometime something just in me was like i should play earthbound hmm. and hmm. i have many fond memories in uh high school uh one of our mutual friends was really really into earthbound mm-hmm. and i remember him talking about it all the time and I can kind of get it. And my fascination with Earthbound has always been one particular facet. It wasn't really the... I get the cool, funky mm-hmm. writing. I get the the interesting systems of like how it does like its battle mechanics and things mm-hmm. like that. But the thing that made me want to play Earthbound was uh, the villain, uh, Gygus. Yeah. Because I was always into how this cute little fruity game can have such a such a such a very serious boss not mm-hmm. boss but but antagonist yeah of this like evil incarnate that our minds cannot are not supposed to comprehend um mm. and it was cool i went through it it was great i'm not going to really talk much about it i mean everyone kind of talks about earthbound um, but what I have been doing and what kind of stuck with me the most was the soundtrack, not specifically like the pieces in it, but the influences that, it, that the soundtrack came from. Mm. Um, if I can pull it up real quick, I should have had it on hand, but um, the influences on earthbound soundtrack have really gotten me to like earthbound more than what it initially is. Mm. So, um, I think it's Keuchi Suzuki who did the soundtrack who does the soundtrack to a bunch of other uh, of other really really well known um, uh, games, mm. and he cites like he cites I think Pet Sounds. He cites the Beach Boys. He cites um, uh, I think it's Song Cycles by um, Dick Van Parks, mm. and like um, there's this one album he cites called uh, Done by Wired. It's called uh, Wired Presents Music Futurists, which is like this compilation CD of all these like really out there musicians just kind of doing what they think the future is going to sound like. And it extends from like Esquivel, um, the Spanish, uh, the Mexican um, composer, to Sun Ra, oh. to a lot of these jazz artists that they were just that they were just listening to like when they were driving to work. And that ends up in the soundtrack, weirdly enough. And so I've been listening to a lot of what they said their influences were. And they're, like, really, really good. Um, I think one of the um, composers, Keiichi Suzuki, says about um, Song Cycles by Van Dyke Parks as displaying this hazy sound mixed with American humor and hints of Ray Bradbury, (laughs) which I think is a really cool description of mother's music mm-hmm. as having this quirky sound, but having like this, like really deep ominous tone to it. Yeah. It's like um, every track like has its purpose and it's like, like moody and like, like just strangely beautiful. Yeah. Um, he also cites um, John Lennon and plastic Ono band huh. as help- helping him overcome excessive instrumentation. Right as having just like these really bare bones tracks but that carry the same sound and feeling as any other track would be Hmm. um of the two songs of note that i would say stuck out to me uh when i was playing this is of course um battle with a weird foe which is quintessential to most people's like what they think of earthbound Mm -hmm. um that and uh a background song called, I think it's just called The Place, which is just the background music to the last level of the game. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And to call it music, I think, is a little different because it's kind of just, it's more like atonal music, mm-hmm. where it's just these, like, blaring synths 
and yeah. it has really no sense of rhythm. And, you know, in these kind of, uh, these dark times of, you know, going through a pandemic and stuff, I think that music's really cool sounding. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Earthbound, cool music. Cool music. You could nice. write a whole essay about the music, and it's really yes. good. Yes. Essay. Do it. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> huh. Hey. What about you, RJ? What have you been doing? Me? Uh, oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, uh, if you don't know, I work in both food service industry and education. Mm. And now all those are on oh. the way. Gives me enough time to do lots of many different things. Uh, I'm kind of like scattered, but the thing, three things I brought to show and tell, uh, let's, free, let's pivot back to anime. <laughs> uh, Amagami SS, specifically the Sukasa arc. Ooh! Wait, are you uh, watching it or playing uh, it? Chef's kiss. So I'm I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going a little bit into the second season of Megami SS Plus. Oh yeah. Uh, I think the reason I started watching it because I had or since December I wanted to rewatch Amagami, but oh, didn't really have the time okay. to. Oh yeah. It's that time of the year. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know. I just wanted to watch Sukasa's arc first because um. So there's this locals, uh, yeah, localization guy on Twitter who really mm. digs Amagami SS. Oh, I know him. And like he always posts his, uh, his translations of certain parts on him of the visual novel. Oh, he's our boy. But uh, Sukasa always interested me because I like her design and also like she she gets like super aggro and it's really cool. <laughs> but uh, it's gonna start getting noisy on my end. The family. It's okay. Uh, we all have families. It's okay. We'll finish up pretty soon. So Sukasa, I think, is a very beautiful. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think her arc's really fun. Like the the first part of the arc is um her uh like being on the council. For the whole uh, Christmas celebration thing, right? And then you just kind of discover her kind of being like two faced in the sense that she has this front she keeps up with the student, like as expected of her, right? And then the main character Juichi, uh, like kind of like uh, discovers the other like aggressive, like kind of like mean side to her. Yeah, yeah. she's a bit of a tsundere, isn't she? I want to say Sundere. Mm, a bit of like a <laughs> stickler for but, rules, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but like she's she kind of like knows what she wants, and she's she's like a bit kind of like manipulative, but not like in a negative way. Mm. And like she, she does what she, what she needs to to get her uh, means across, you know. But like this is one specific scene where. Uh, so Sukasa has her notebook, she drops it, and then uh, the main character finds it, and like that notebook's really important to Sukasa. Mm-hmm. So like he hunts him, she hunts him down, and finds her at the classroom, and like as Juinji tries to explain herself, like she she grabs him by the tie and then pulls oh, him. Oh yeah, her. I remember this. Yes. Wait. So you read it? Okay, I remember what's in the book yeah. now. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. I was like, I don't know. That scene just kind of just stuck with me. It's a good me. scene. It's a good scene, and like oh. that's like really where uh, Sukasa like really breaks. Yep. And like, I don't know. Amagami's so cool. I want to watch the rest of it. Karu's still the best one. <laughs> I kind of want to rewatch it now. I know we're never gonna get the second half of uh, Dayren. Uh, oh, yeah. Seiren. It forget tried. <laughs> I did forget about Seiren. Me too. It's okay, most people did, and that's why we won't get another. Yeah. <laughs> Buy the Blu-rays right now. <laughs> Anyways, pivot to more Western animation. Mm-hmm. Steven Universe feature, specifically the last four episodes that came out. Oh. Right. So I know both of you don't watch Steven Universe, but this specific one is a uh, specific four episodes. Are interest are interesting to me because this is um, Stephen dealing with trauma. Oh no! Okay, like trauma. 
and like it's really interesting like i was talking to andrew about this um like a few days ago how like steven his childhood is him all about like you know being a leader fighting in this war doing all those responsibilities trying to keep everyone safe and now that in steven universe feature the war is over uh steven as a leader as like a warrior such what does he do now now that no one really needs him Mm -hmm. and i think i'm trying to remember like so i'm pretty sure this is a trope and like i'm pretty sure it just happened to like some greek soldier or something of like the war is over like he still wants to battle or whatever Uh but in these yeah but quick thing though so I yeah. watched Steven in the universe up until when Connie started studying the blade. Yeah. What happens? Like, without Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a girl who studies the blade. Oh, yeah. sick. Literally just begins to study the blade. No premarital sex. No. Oh. Um, no, so that's where I left off at. Now, without spoiling anything, what, like, happens from that point to now, tonally? Um, let's see. So, like, from that point, like, it's still kind of, like, happy-go-lucky-ish. But, like, I think the last, like, probably 15 episodes, Mm -hmm. it's, like, that progression towards, like, the quote-unquote endgame of the actual Steven Universe. Uh-huh. With this, like, confronting um, the people who actually, like, started the war and, like, confronting Steven's past. Uh-huh. So it starts to get more of that, like, serious tone. Because, like, people start getting hurt. And people start, like, oh, no. being really affected. Because then, yeah. the only reason why I stopped watching is because I didn't like the release timings with all the Steven bombing. Steven bombs, I guess, is what they called it back then. Yeah. So... I was like, yeah. So now with where it's at now, I guess like there's, I don't know, maybe now's about the right time to jump back in. Yeah, I'd say it's more accessible. Uh, like whatever the true reason of the Steven bombs, whether it be like Cartoon Network's um, own reasoning mm-hmm. or whatever, it's probably that. But um, yeah. now that it's all over, I think it's really okay to watch. They're like, there's probably a list of key episodes Huh. Um, you don't have to watch everything, but oh, there's like was, a list of, they were always like 15 minutes long, right? Uh, like 10 minutes. Oh yeah, that's doable. Even if I, I don't, I don't think I need to skip anything. Yeah, and it's like for me, it's kind of crazy remembering that they're like 10 minutes long <laughs> because um they have to do with like so much pacing issues. Right. I still, I still think Steven Universe has like pacing issues. Yeah. But, like there's like certain episodes at Adventure Time, like I was watching. That like it made me forget about that. Each episode is like ten minutes long. Like it was like a full length episode to me. But anyways, in Steven Universe here, uh, these last two episodes were really, really killer though. All right, do you mind if I spoil it for you? Go All for right. it. Go for All right, it. I'll spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for Steven Universe feature. Uh, the last two episodes, I think it's eleven and twelve. It might be ten and eleven. Hmm. But um. Steven, the episode starts with Steven talking to Connie, which is uh, his girlfriend. And like, they talk about college, they talk about the future and stuff. Uh And like, Steven doesn't really know what he wants to do because, again, like, the war is over and he doesn't really have a a solidified place yet. Uh So then he asks advice from these other gems who give him the advice of uh, maybe you should propose to Connie. Oh! Wait, wait, <laughs> right? That's that's like my exact feeling, and like he does all this stuff, like gets it already and stuff. And um, on Connie's study break, like uh-huh. he kind of like takes her to the beach and sings a song for her, and has his whole like picnic spread and whatever. Uh huh. And after the song, he gets on one knee, and then Connie starts freaking oh. out. Oh, I would freak <laughs> out too. Like oh she knows, right? Yeah. And then, like, oh, Connie no. has to break Stephen's heart. Oh, well, no. Like, uh, Stephen is like, or Connie says, or Stephen says, like, so is that a no? And then Connie's like, Stephen, it's a not now. 
right? Because like uh, Connie just got accepted to college, and we mm-hmm. has this feature, right? And like Connie has to go because her study breaks fifteen minutes. Oh, right? the alarm hits the phone, oh. and then Steven's like, with the smile on his face, like, "No, it's okay, just go, just go." Oh. <laughs> Call me tomorrow. And then uh, Steven just lies on the beach, like crying and stuff until his nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. And then the episode after that is a continuation of what happened. In which case, uh, so, uh, also in Steven Eunice Preacher, uh, Steven's dealing with a kind of like puberty thing. Oh, God. So, like, his power is going haywire whenever, like, a traumatic experience happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, there's this really big bit because he actually sees, like, uh, Connie's mom, who's a doctor, about, like, trauma. Mm-hmm. And, like, he specifically says, like, um, Basically, like, you have physical trauma, and there's, like, there's mental trauma. And, like, even though the physical is once is healed, like, there's still, like, certain things affecting you. And that's affecting his gem powers. And also, Steven's mom, or uh, Connie's mom, or Connie hasn't told Steven's mom that, uh, the proposal thing, mm-hmm. right? Oh. And, like, Connie, like, uh, goes in the hospital room, because, like, he's worried about Steven. And then, like, Steven's just freaking out and, like, growing big and, like, being affected by all this trauma. Oh, <laughs> and it wasn't until, like, his uh, dad has to come and, like, calm him down and stuff. Oh. Anyways, it's, it's, it's really a hard episode to watch because <laughs> when you're young, you still do, like, a lot of dumb stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I like Steven Universe Future. Uh, it's going through a lot of stuff right now. I think it's really interesting. I remember seeing like on the theater listings that there was a Steven Universe event, a sing-along or something. Yeah. I yeah. Thought, the, the When the movie got released, they started doing a bunch of sing-alongs. And I thought, man, that's probably going to get canceled. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. Oh, no. Honestly, even if you don't want Steven Universe Future, I think just those two episodes like the feeling you get watching them like really resonated with me and i think it's like it's a really cool thing to watch i said send you guys the episode i'll give it a whirl i guess i'll build up to it it hurts it hurts (laughs) why do you like watching things that hurt you rj because it makes me feel and as humans make you feel (laughs) that made me feel a different way you know, it's like, why do you watch anything at all? Like, True. if you're not going to have an, a, a real response to it. That's fair. All right, what else you got, RJ? All right, the last thing before we close off. Uh, fighting games, specifically Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Yeah. Ooh, One of the greatest nah. pivots. <laughs> oh, boy. No, um, I think I just want to use this point to talk about fighting games. Hmm. I really like fighting games. <laughs> I think there's like, so I I'm losing a lot <laughs> playing Grand Blue Fantasy versus, mm-hmm. but like I'm still having a, like a lot of fun with it because like but, for me it's all about learning. It's all about um realizing what you did wrong. So then you can like beat someone up next time. Yeah, I I'm also losing a lot. And oftentimes, I feel like my panicking sometimes works. <laughs> Smashing like, buttons. Like, like I, I, I'm a fairy main, so I'm trying to learn to keep that gap closed while still putting in damage, but I can't do it consistently. Yeah, I, like I'm also a fairy main, <clears throat> and then my problem is um the Oki. Yeah. When you get a knockdown, <laughs> and like, how do you convert after a knockdown? Like yeah. the the correct guessing game. Yeah, there's still things I need to get used to that game just because it feels more guilty geary in terms of like like speed. Yeah, I'm used to faster things like Blaze Blue. Yeah, but I like uh, it. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's slower than a Blaze Blue, but um, the the matches are still pretty fast. Oh yeah, and like it's very accessible, and I don't know, I just really like. Having this simplified fighting game where I could just focus on neutral, 
mm-hmm. focus on like just playing my best. Yeah, now if only we could say the same for the phone game. <laughs> <sighs> it's the one of the greatest advertisements for the phone game, Perennial. in which yeah, I don't want to ever play the phone game. In which the the spinoff game is significantly more accessible than the main game. Yeah, the, this the I, to me this is the main game, you know. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people are going to get mad, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've missed nothing. All yeah. I'm hearing is fighting games are cool, and this is a good fighting game. <laughs> yeah, dude, fighting I, games are cool. I ended up selling the code that it came with for the main game to uh, Lawrence, so one of our friends, yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, I heard yeah. a lot of Wait, people were selling that code for like the season pass. Wait, yeah. what, is the, what does the code do? What is the code for? It comes with like you, you get the option between like four or five different resources that you can get within the game, but you only can choose one. Uh huh. But apparently, either one either takes way too long to get just it within the game, or you uh-huh. have to spend a lot of money for. Uh huh. So for a lot of people, hell, for a lot of people that actually play the main game, buying the fighting game is only for the code. <laughs> because yeah. apparently. Oh. Buying- because yeah, apparently buying the special edition of that game is cheaper and less less of a drag than trying to get whatever currency it comes with within the actual game. That is great <laughs> marketing. Yes. That, that is. is good design. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. I, I sold mine and then just bought the fighter pass or whatever that's called. Or season pass. Yeah. And, and it's fighting and it's is fun. Fighting games. Fighting games. Uh, I also I've also been playing uh, Smash <laughs> again. Like I I I've, I've been saying that I've been trying to stay away from online, but uh, recently someone I know on my timeline got the Elite Smash again. Ooh. Oh, and that made like that made me <laughs> want to go to get back to Elite Smash again. Oh uh, yeah, are you still playing uh, Link or? Who are you to playing? Link, excuse you. Sorry. To Link. <laughs> but I'm at that point where I put in enough time. Uh, playing Toon Link and playing this game in general, that I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting like confidence and cocky, thinking my, oh uh, yeah, my Toon Link is the sickest Toon Link, <laughs> in my area. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's fighting games, challenging. They're really fun for me because it's like a self challenge. Mm. Of course, yeah. But it's fun playing with other people. It's true. I miss playing uh, fighting any games. fighting game players out there, you know, my Toon Link's pretty sick. <laughs> my fairy's getting sick. I, I see I also, a Toon Link. <laughs> I also kind of got back into Smash just because the other group was playing. I thought, you know what? It's been a while. It's been a while. Smash I, I is tried, a good game. I tried to switch to Byleth just because, hey, that's my thing. Oh, Gosh, that's a bad idea. You gotta support <laughs> the ship. Hey, man, you gotta support the ship, man. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Oh, come on. <laughs> You got you got to support the shit by buying individual merch for button that shut up. <clears throat> no. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's end it there. All right. So, um yeah. Uh we have a lot of free time. We talked mm-hmm. about a bunch of stuff. I go back to work tomorrow. Ooh, nice. That's going to suck. It... <laughs> Are you still doing? Right. Let's talk about the software. <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, um uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoyed chilling out with us amid all the local news. Um, again, my name is Ray. Uh, you can follow me at, at Mogkanite on Twitter. Um, look up the rest of the Kubo brand, Kubo Writes. Uh, maybe I'll write more since <laughs> we're on a break. Mm-hmm. And then, Amaro, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at... Amaro Ray underscore. That's about it. Yeah, follow him for his uh, Yuri and Idol thoughts. What? Also a bit of politics, because, you know, for the boys. Yuri and politics, yeah. For the lads. <laughs> and then, Andrew, where could people find you? Um, I kind of go under the same uh, username, Sumer Kurtz, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is mostly for what you hear here. Instagram is very clean. Very clean. So choose your poison. <laughs> yes, and uh, read his short stories. They're pretty good. Oh no, I'm gonna write one about the current pandemic. Oh, oh I who knows? Current... It'll be topical. I, I, I can't have idols in it. 
Uh, I'll tell you this. Either I can I can write a simple thing about current events or put a put a comment in the chat if I should write spy fiction. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I was about to ask you, can you can you like draw up or not draw write up like edit any fan fiction only contextualized within our our situation? Uh well, maybe. Yeah, write a screenplay. <laughs> After I'm done writing about my Ed and Eddie X Ding and Rampa fanfiction, thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, you can follow the podcast at a Koopa at Koopa Talks on Twitter. Uh, shoot us an email at at Koopa Writes at gmail.com. Maybe I should have isolated both of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Uh, yeah. Please comment, yep. like, and subscribe. <laughs> Remember to wash your hands. Wash your hands. Uh, stay away from old people because you might get them sick. And All support right. your local businesses as much as you can. Yay. Bye. Bye. Later, gamers. No. <laughs> no. No.